0: Today, on The Breakdown, way, way back, I think the TVs were black and white. I think the internet was broadband. No, it must have been dial-up. Mike Matisau and Phil Helmuth played a hand on high-stakes poker, and gee, gosh, golly, whiz, some th- crazy stuff happened. It was one of the first times they were ever playing the seven-deuce game. Phil Helmuth had seven-deuce, and he wanted to win, but Mike Mattisau had a big, big hand. And we are going to take this all apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Denison and Jonathan Levy.
1: Hey, First time I kind of thought you followed like tech news. Like generally, you know what's going on in tech. <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. So you, you think the era of dial-up Go internet on. and the era of black and white TV. Yeah were the same era.
0: So you're saying there were not black and white TVs during the dial-up era? You were implying that it was oh, a time before color TV. S- what do you say? I I may have implied lots of things, but did I say it, sir? See? I went again. I don't know I about rest that my one. my case. If the glove did not fit,
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, but didn't you just admit it? Like a little, I'm not, like in an interview?
0: I, I think that's an interview from many, many years ago. Which oh, it? was never, and then Fox finally decided to air it because they wanted the ratings, is my guess. So I don't know. he did admit it at some point, and it recently became known. I believe he didn't even actually admit it, although I have not, I've barely even read the headlines on this, but if I recall, because he wrote the book, If I Did It. We're talking about O.J. Yeah. Simpson, by the way. Yeah, of course. For those of you who are not from America. Um, so O.J. wrote a book called If I Did It, and it was like, if I did it, here's how I would have done it, which most people, including myself, saw as... A pretty obvious confession without, confe- without technically yeah. confessing. And there was going to be a whole special on it, and you get a whole interview about it. He was going like, to walk everyone through like basically killing these two people. I mean, it's really awful stuff. And yeah. there was such an outcry, this is probably 10 years ago, that um, whoever owned... I guess Fox had the interview and had the show, and they, they didn't do it. And the book publisher pulled the book and all that. And only recently, Fox released the interview. So I think it's just that.
1: Yeah. So the reason we're talking about O.J. Simpson is because we're going to do a hand about uh, de- detestable humans. Mike Mattisau and Phil Hummuth.
0: Oh, my gosh. That is a little strong. It's a good tie-in, though. It's a little <laughs> strong, though. I don't think it's fair to call them detestable. Okay.
1: I don't think it's actually fair to call Phil Hummuth detestable. Yes. I think at the table, he's very bad. And okay. I think he's a, a personality that I do not enjoy. Mike Mattisau, if you look at his Twitter feed. Mm. You might consider him detestable.
0: I would at least consider him. Boy, I don't want. I don't like it when we wait into anything. Yeah, I know. Sort of in this direction. I know, but, but it, I'm going to say we're this. going there. It's okay. I'm gonna. I would at least consider him um, clearly uneducated. How about that? Okay, and like talking as if he is. A lot of people do that. He's one of them, and in a way that that's
1: uh, talking in an un- uneducated way about groups of people. And saying things about them that are very uncool, like a what, lot of there's a lot of that
0: that goes on. What kind of groups of people are you? You know,
1: like races or okay, religions, yeah. stuff like that. The,
0: all right, yeah, let's not go there. Yeah. We're a poker show. Um, you know, we obviously have our own thoughts about all this. But stuff, Mike but- Mattis
1: is a poker player, so.
0: Yeah, I understand that, but you know, but we're, we're here to break. We're here to break down hands. Don't have bro. to make
1: it all serious. I'm just trying to say Mike Madisau is kind of a jerk. That's all I'm <laughs> that, saying.
0: Well, you call him detestable though. That's different than kind of a jerk. That's all to me. That's a real tier several okay. tiers below. You can I'll give you kind of a jerk
1: completely. It is my opinion yeah. that Mike Madisau is detestable. Okay, that is that's
0: my take. Okay, so kind of a jerk is you were kind of a jerk were, is like the baseline
1: of what most people probably think. I right, guess. But you feel
0: stronger than yes. This. I okay, do. I'm gonna go with kind of a jerk. That's that's not smart. Okay. Okay, and you know there it is. All right, we did it. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> now that we have all that cleared up, we didn't up, have to talk- do any of that, but uh, we did it. Okay, no. well, let's well let's not get caught up in that aspect of this hand at all. Let's get caught no. up in what's going on because there's interesting dynamics that happen in this hand, right? Which really set the this was a big
1: deal back in the day. This hand it was, and it's because of the metagame at play. The metagame, of course, is the seven deuce game, which yeah. you know I've never actually gotten that going in any game that I've played, but it's it would probably be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten it going either. I mean, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into it here, but I think it makes it really hard to fold very often. <laughs> yeah. So, um, which is the point, right? For those
1: of you who don't know, the seven deuce game is. A game in a cash game where the entire table agrees that if anybody wins a hand with seven deuce, it doesn't matter if it's the best hand, the worst hand. However, they win, they table seven deuce as the winner. Everybody at the table has to pay them a
0: predetermined sum. Right. So that means, by the way, they don't have to show it down. Right. Right. They just have to get push the pot and then they show their hand. Yeah. At any point. Yeah. Right.
1: And even if they make quads with it, that still counts. Yes. They still won with seven deuce. Right.
0: Because the point is, you played it when you otherwise wouldn't play it. The yeah. idea is to force people to play seven deuce. Right. Um,
1: I think a lot of people assume when talking about the seven deuce game that it has to be a bluff. Or it has to be a bad hand it just has to be seven deuce that's yeah um and in this particular game they're paying five hundred dollars each player at the table pays five hundred dollars to the player who wins with seven deuce Mm -hmm. which isn't really that much for a 300 600 game with a 100 ante it's not like huge incentive to i mean it's several lines it is it's it definitely adds what a lot of... expected. Like, it makes it... The expected value of three-betting seven-deuce becomes better than the expected value of three-betting, like, King Jack suited, probably, because of oh that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would think so. But not better than the expected value of, of three-betting, like, a really good three-betting hand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 But it's really hard. If you look down at seven-deuce, it's hard to just fold it now because you get this bonus for playing. Of course, yeah. it can also get you in lots of trouble. And, in fact, even on this um, session of high-stakes poker, maybe not this episode that we're taking from, but... The, all these same players were playing the game. I remember one guy had seven, deuce and the other guy had quad Kings. Remember yeah. And, he, and the guy bet like 50 K on the river, right? With yeah. seven deuce and quad Kings clicked it back. And yeah. I'm just like, I guess I pulled. Yeah. These,
1: <laughs> and that's the problem when you're, when you're seeking out that $4,000 that yeah, would be suddenly. your bonus. Yeah. It's like, Oh, well I, instead I just lost $80,000. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the, that's exactly the point of the seven deuce game is to create that action right there. Both, yep. both ways, but mainly to create that action right? Yeah. Encourage people to lose a lot of money with seven deuce. It may be profitable depending on the game you're playing to be playing the seven deuce game. and actually still just fold it every time, you know, it It might might... actually be because, because that way you don't chase it.
1: Right. And people are more likely to hero you when the seven deuce game is on for sure. Right. So, but let's assume I think it's profitable to play it usually. So I I just want, before we get to the hand, I want to ask is what is the scenario? Like what is the minimum scenario where you fold seven deuce? If the payout is like one blind per player.
0: The minimum scenario. Yeah, like if somebody just opens, you're not folding it. No. No. No way. (laughs) You're folding to a three bet if you'd have to cold four bet or flat, right? Depending on who the three bet is in the situation, but yes. Usually. Yes.
1: Usually. Yeah. If under the gun opens, do you consider folding it sometimes?
0: I think we should consider folding it. Yeah. Um, We could also do things like if we're on the button with it, we could flat with it. Yeah. And try and make a play post-flop. Yeah, that's true. Is, you know, so that way we don't have we don't always have to be repping aces, kings, and queens. You know, yep. we can just like the guy. You know, the guy opens under the gun. We flat the button. The flop comes out ace high. He bets. We call. He checks the turn. We bet. He folds. That sounds yeah. like a great way to win.
1: No, it is. And um, now this is a very different era. The the hand we're going to talk about occurred in something like two thousand seven, um, but I do remember from this episode and this series of high stakes poker where they were playing the seven deuce game that everybody played it as if it were aces instead of yes. doing it way, the way you said where you like you try to wrap different hands down the line
0: yeah like I mean, everybody
1: basically just took aggressive actions only
0: because they're just trying to win it at every moment yeah. they're trying to not you know they're not yeah they don't want to see a flop right They don't want to you know they don't want to give the person a chance to call but actually usually seeing a flop gives people ch- get give reasons to fold not reasons to call usually like
1: well they don't have no reason to fold pre-flop if you just call though
0: No, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. But you can tell but different stories and probably better stories more of the time. Yep, Yeah. But you're right. Everyone played it like it was a big pair. Right. Which is can't be right.
1: It can't be right because then like it's so great for you if you... Without other players knowing, never play seven deuce like it's a big pair. Only play your mm-hmm. big pairs
0: like they're big pairs. Exactly. You get
1: called down way more often. And you play seven deuce in different ways.
0: Honestly, they're probably never going to put you on it when, until you table it once. Yeah. They're never going to put you on it because you didn't re-raise pre-flop. It's actually totally the way to do it now that we're talking about it. Yeah. I want to get in a game with the seven yeah. deuce game on. It's funny because I remember watching at least maybe it was Phil Locke doing that. Phil Locke, I think, was calling with it sometimes. And I was like, what is he doing? And it's like, oh, now I get it. I mean, he's got, he's, well, he's got that Jennifer Tilly money, so he can do whatever <laughs> he wants. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. That's Simpsons money. Yep.
1: Nice uh, third-party Simpsons money. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that is the way to do it, yeah. people. If you're wondering, do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, do the third-party Simpsons money thing. Marry
0: a g- right. guy who creates the most popular TV show of all time.
1: Well, and then, no, no, become the life partner of the person who married that guy <laughs> and after divorced they divorced yeah. that guy. And got
0: half the money. Yeah. All right, that's even better.
1: Yeah, yeah that's okay. the way to do it. Um, all right, let's talk about the hand. Okay, as I said, 300, 600, 100. This was suggested, by the way, by Shitij Anant on Twitter. Use the
0: the Twitters when you suggest a hand. What uh, is our uh, Twitter handle? There? I don't remember. It's hard to remember. It's not hard to remember. Okay, then what is it? How many of us are there? Um, I'm sorry, that was a, humans. That's like not fair. That's Seven not point fair four,
1: two billion. Or our something? Twitter
0: handle is Two Poker Guys. Okay. In case you're wondering, that's the number two Poker Guys. You can just uh, tweet at us with a YouTube link and a timestamp on that YouTube link, so we know exactly where to look on the video for the hand, and then we will consider it for the breakdown. All right. That's how it works. Cool. Now people know. Now people do know. Okay. So this
1: is going to open with Mike Mattisau under the gun, the mouth that spun the world round or something. The mouth that roared. Yeah. Um, he has two kings. He's got king of spades, king of clubs. He's going to play it as if he had seven deuce.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Seven deuce doesn't factor in this at all, except that Mike Matisau has two kings. Yeah. Obviously,
0: They're the, but honestly, just the fact that the game is on changes the, the dynamic, no matter what people have.
1: It does, right? Although Matisau is a candidate to fold seven deuce under the gun because he was classically super tight in these high stakes games.
0: Mm. That's right, because because he didn't have a lot of money compared yeah. to
1: some of these other guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he does have two kings, and he makes it eighteen hundred under the gun. Folds all the way around to the venerable Phil Helmuth in the big blind, and he's got the seven deuce. There it is. He's got the seven of diamonds and the deuce of spades. Now, this is a time that, using our strategy that you just talked about, it would be a great time to flat seven deuce out of the big blind. You can
0: rep so many boards. Also, like, he's under the gun. This is the strongest range he's ever going to have, pretty much, you know? Like, not pretty much, period. This is not a good time, I think, to three bet seven deuce. You can get four bets so easily. It's not only that. I mean... And of course,
1: as I said, this is a different era, so people aren't thinking as deeply about these things, and even mm. positionally, they're not thinking as deeply, I Right. Think. Um, but we've talked about on this podcast pretty recently, I think it was with uh, the quad aces hand for Arpapazian, we were, we were discussing never three-butting the under-the-gun razor out of the big blind as a potential strategy, even if you have aces, right? because it looks so crazy strong. Like, how are you going to get value on most boards? Like, usually they're going to hit something, and you're going to lose if you get a ton of action Mm -hmm. post-flop. Right. So from that perspective, Helmuth should probably just be flatting. Um, Another problem with this, he is going to three-bet. A problem with this is that he is now repping such a tiny range when he three-bets here. Yes. Whereas if the cutoff opened and he was on the button, he could have a bunch of stuff
0: and still be doing it for
1: value, yes. you know, like ace-queen, stuff like that.
0: I mean, when Helmuth three-bets here from the big blind against the under-the-gun raiser... Who's does Mike j- Matisau, classically tight Mike Matisau. Does, does Helmuth have jacks? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. At this time, maybe Helmuth was always three-betting jacks. It's possible. I don't know. I mean, Helmuth also liked to be trappy anyway. Yeah. So it also sort of like seems even less like... I, I think his his three-betting range is even tighter than most players here, would be my yeah. guess. Although once in a while he loses his mind and starts going the other way. Um, does he have Ace King? Maybe, maybe not. like yeah, I don't know. This is what we're saying though. It's like Jacks questionable, Ace is yes, Kings probably, Queens possibly. Yeah, Jacks maybe, Ace King maybe. I think that's it. Yeah, for value. Right. Which and is, then Seven Deuce,
1: which is why to why you should play the Seven Deuce as if it's like all of your other like suited connector hands that yeah. you could wrap a bunch of boards on. Yeah. Like I think the way to play the Seven Deuce game is. Like we said, we would flat here and sometimes just give up on the flop if it's a bad flop for our range. Yeah. But like on good flops for our range, take a shot. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. But nobody was playing it like that back then.
0: And that's understandable. No yeah. one knew. It was very early on. No one really thought much about it. It's so,
1: fine. So Helmuth does three bet to 7000 over the $1,800 open.
0: I will say this. Not bad sizing. Yeah. He, went, a- he went big. Yeah. A lot of players make it way too small, especially when they want folds. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I would hope he makes it this big with a lot of his range, yep. not just this, but that was, I like that he made it big, especially because he's going to be out of position. And he also really wants a fold, of course.
1: Now, because of all that range-based stuff, this is a bit of a funky spot for Matisau right now with yeah. Kings. Like, obviously there's no folding, but what do you think is better between four bedding and flatting here? I mean,
0: what do we think the effective stack is? It's deep. I'm going to guess it's 100K. Okay. So we got like 140 blinds. Phil Helmuth is never getting in Queens with us. Never. For that much. Not Phil Helmuth. Some players maybe. Not that many, but definitely not Phil Helmuth. Um, I like a call and not a re-raise because he just re-raised out of the big blind. And it's going to be hard for him to put us on Kings when we call. Like, it's, it's as deceptive as we can be, right? Yeah. Like, that's the more deceptive play. We get to be in position. I think I like a call better because also if we four bet and he five bets, we're probably gonna have to fold.
1: Yeah, I think that's possible
0: because he's, I assume he's going to five bet to a size that we can't just call and set mine. Yep. So we're just going to have to fold and that's awful. Yeah. Awful situation to put yourself in when you don't have to. I agree. And if he has Queens, if he has one and we can put him on a particular range of hands pretty easily, right? We just did. Yeah. So we're playing with a lot more information than he's going to be playing with if we just call. But as soon as we re-raise, now we mostly have aces and kings. Yep. So, like, I don't think we're re-raising queens against Phil Homes range here. No. And I don't think we're doing ace-king either. No. It's aces or aces and kings. So I like a call.
1: Yeah. That's what Madison does. Yeah. So good job, Mikey. Um, he calls. Pots 15,100. We've got... A large advantage for Mike Matisau so equity wise here. <laughs> where he's got two black yeah. he's got two black kings and Phil Humming has seven deuce offsuit, seven of diamonds, deuce of spades.
0: Yeah. That is a pretty good This is advantage. the classic
1: scenario that this game creates.
0: Yes. Super fast transactions <laughs> and really cheap fees. That's the, that's the scenario. Oh, wait. I'm not talking about the game. Oh, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Dash Digital Cash, my man. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's right. I just broke it down for you. But in case you want to know more about it, like, what is he talking about? Well, it's a cryptocurrency grant. It's a cryptocurrency and it's a great one because it is set up to be a transactional cryptocurrency with, as I said, super fast transaction. We're talking one to four seconds for me to move my money to it becoming your money and like actually your money for real.
1: I want you to explain a little bit more what you mean by it's set up to be a transactional currency because that just might sound like gobbledygook to a lot of people. Yeah,
0: that's a great point. So there's all these cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and a lot of them are actually not built or not built very well to specifically be used like as a day-to-day thing that you buy stuff with. Like you go to the grocery store and buy your groceries with because they take too long, the payments take too long or the payments cost too much. Bitcoin, sometimes the payments are really cheap. Sometimes, even recently, Grant tried to do a Bitcoin payment. It was $150 to send not that much more Bitcoin. I remember that and it was like, what? Okay, we're not doing it then, you know. Um, But this is less than one cent to send the money. So it's basically free. And it is one to four seconds for the money to go from one place to the other. So you absolutely can buy your groceries at you know wherever you're shopping, Sainsburys. That's in England. <laughs> okay, I knew I knew you wouldn't know that, buddy. I um, I, w- I could have guessed. Yeah, Walmart, um, sh- Stop and Shop. I mean, not yet, but the idea is that that is a possibility. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like they don't. They, you can't currently do it in those places, but this is this is the kind of things that Dash is built for. Ultimately, is to be used this way. And actually, they're just debuting. Um, their newest uh, evolution of it is actually called evolution, which is has new features and things like that. They're just starting to talk about it. So like it's all blockchain based, like cool new technology stuff that I think makes it even faster and better. but I barely been able to get into it because they literally just started talking about this morning.
1: Right. So in a world of cryptocurrencies where you're just inundated with information constantly, yeah. and mostly it's just very confusing and you don't know where to turn because, like, who's really an expert on this stuff? How, do, like, how many people are really experts on this stuff? It's yeah, tough that's to right. know. We've done a ton of research on Dash. We are deep in the Dash world. We strongly suggest you check out Dash. We've made a video that explains it a little bit better. We think you should go to the Dash Forum, too. It's just a really cool place where, where people are, are making proposals to the Dash Treasury, which mm. is another awesome thing. Yeah. It's just all worth researching, checking
0: out, looking into. Yeah, it's really great stuff. Um, I, I really, I'm a big believer in it, for sure. Yeah. All right. So back to the hand. We got
1: Mattisau okay. having just called with two kings pre, pre-flop after Helmuth three bet the seven dues off, 15,100 in the pot. The flop is... Queen of Diamonds, Six of Hearts, Jack of Spades. So this is not actually a great flop for Matisseau. No. Against Helmuth's range. It's quite bad. Now, sure, Phil Helmuth has seven deuce in his range. We know that. Yeah. But his value is like, we were questioning if Ace-King's even in there. It might not be. So he's got Aces. He's got the other two Kings. He's got a set of Queens and maybe a set of Jacks. We're not sure. Mm-hmm. So That's right. it's not ideal.
0: No, we're losing to a lot of his range now. Yeah. But if he can have jacks he can probably have ace king. Yeah. That's good, but he may not be able to have either one of those and then it's just like aces, queens, the other two kings and maybe seven deuce. Well, Hamith does something interesting here. Yeah. He checks. He does, does he really? He doesn't take an aggressive action right away with the Is seven deuce. Is that so? Yes. Wow, that's really cool. I actually didn't I know you we sort of looked over the video. I guess I was doing other stuff. I just assumed he bet. Nope. How about that? That's very interesting. He checks. Okay, so he, why is he checking?
1: Okay. There's a couple possible answers to that question. Mm-hmm. Answer number one is he was just expecting Mike to fold a lot pre-flop and he's kind of giving up. He's like, I'm not going to bomb away with seven deuce. I'm like, check folding here.
0: I mean, this is a, this is pretty good for Mattis. I was under the gun calling the three yeah. man range also, right? He has Queens and Jack's absolutely in that yeah. range. Yeah. yeah. So
1: maybe Helmuth is thinking, okay, I just give up. That was okay. a
0: bad idea. I give up.
1: Yeah. Uh Two, he could be trying to check-raise. He might think he has more fold equity by check-raising.
0: I mean, I think he gets a lot of things through here. He may also think, like, this is how I would play a set of queens a lot. Yes. And and Mike Mattisette was good friends with Helmuth and knows how Helmuth is going to play, like, his really big hands. So it's possible Helmuth would be checking a set of queens here and his... But doing maybe both things at the same time, which is like if Mike bets, I'm gonna I'm gonna fold. But if Mike checks, I'm gonna rep that set of queens hard.
1: Right. He might be thinking I would usually check a set here, so I'm gonna check this. Right.
0: Like I might check my entire value range. I might check aces, queens, jacks, and kings here, so I have to check it. Yeah. But I do have to. But I'm gonna have to fold if Mike actually bets because he'd probably be betting queens and jacks because because he, he knows how strong my range is. Yeah. So he'd be betting for value, and I just have to fold. Right. So that's
1: cool. Yeah. So now it's Mattisau's turn. What do you think he should do?
0: I think we're supposed to check it back. What do you think? What are your reasons for thinking that? Well, the range we just gave Helmuth is so crazy strong. We're losing to most of it. We're beating Ace-King and 7-Deuce. Those are just going to fold if we bet anyway. Everything else is beating us and is not folding. I don't know, what the, I don't know if there's much value in betting here. The value would be to protect against Ace-King, I believe. To protect against Tens and Aces specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And because, like,
1: we could get super lucky and the case King could come. Yeah. But other than that, if Ace-King gets there,
0: it beats us. That's true. There's more combos of Aces, Queens, and Jacks, I think, than Ace-King because we have two Kings in our hand.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. There's There's
0: eight combos of Ace-King. There's eight
1: combos of Ace-King and... Nine combos of the other guys.
0: Yep. Now, there is seven deuce, but obviously we don't want... No, no, no it's not nine. It's
1: more. It's It's twelve. 12 combos.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Twelve. That's yeah. right. Of course, there's no ace on the board. Um so twelve versus twelve versus eight. And then of course this is a combos of seven deuce that we wouldn't want to fold out. Right. We'd want him to bluff. Yeah. Um and we're not worried about that, you know, coming back and beating us. I guess if it runs out deuce deuce or something and he bets, now we really can't beat anything, and that's fair except Ace King. Yeah. But that's it. So I so I, I think I would check, even though yes, there's a few things which we wouldn't we wouldn't like to see a ten or an ace on the turn. I agree. Um, I, I like checking as well. I think
1: we want to avoid the Phil Helmuth trap because especially in this era, Phil Helmuth was super trappy, very much told everybody about it all the time. Yeah, that's right. Um, also, allow him to bluff later if he is bluffing, you know, if he has seven deuce or for some reason, some other
0: bluff. If this is a nine high board, I think we should bet as Mattisau because we can beat Queens. Yeah. We can beat Jacks. I don't think Helmuth's going to check raise aces. He doesn't really have a check raising value range if it's nine high. But he absolutely has a check-raising value range right now. Yes. And if he has aces, you know, we can make sure we only have to pay two streets. You know, if we bet, we get to, you know, we can check a later street. It's no problem. We have the initiative. And we can have it. We can have the nuts. We're more likely to have two nines than he does, right, if it's nine high. Oh, absolutely. So I would like to bet if we have an overpair without, like, concerns about Helmuth having sets and stuff like that. But we are not there.
1: Yeah, this is a board that is probably better for a check. I agree with you. Cool. So Manasau does check.
0: Nice job. So far, you gotta let, you're gotta, loving Mike's play at this hand.
1: Yeah, I've been enjoying how yeah. he
0: plays the hand so far. I
1: yeah. think he's done a good job. Me too. Um, the turn comes. It's the eight of diamonds. Nine, ten gets there, but that shouldn't matter. It's a queen of diamonds, six of hearts, jack of spades in the flop. Eight of diamonds on the turn. Helmuth is now drawing dead.
0: Matisau could have the nine, ten of diamonds. or Sorry, the nine, ten of um, the suited. No, he would totally limp. You're, you're, I don't know if you're joking or not. I'm not joking. I wouldn't, but he would. From back then, because you, yeah. you used to watch all this yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, for remember? sure, Madison would love okay, that. Okay, so so neither player is worried about the other guy yeah. having the nuts. Okay. All right, I'll just I'll assume that's correct. Wasn't and move it on. so
1: much easier when you could just know stuff like that? Yes. When players would, would raise and you're like, oh, you don't have 910 suited now. Right. It's great. Incredible. Yeah, so much easier. <laughs> Stupid people learning, and now everybody knows you should open more yeah. things. It's too bad. Um, anyway, Helmuth now is like, okay. He checked back the flop. I guess I have to take a shot at this thing. Of course. But now it's going to get a little pricey uh, for Helmuth, especially because he makes it pricey for himself. He also makes it pricey for Mike. He bets huge. He bets 17K into 15.1. Wow. That is
0: crazy big. Yeah. Wow. It's a strange amount to bet considering Mike checked it back, you know? Yeah, if you were trying to get value from a marginal hand, you wouldn't bet this amount. I mean, what does Mike look like when he checks it back? Two tens, ace jack suited, I guess once in a while he can have ace queen or kings too, but you yeah. wouldn't really think too much about that. Right. You'd assume he's often going to bet that, even though we decided actually we like a check. Still, you, you generally would expect him to bet top pair, right? Um, so it's hard to get value when you bet seventeen thousand into fifteen. Yeah, from, what are you hoping to get value from?
1: Well, I think it might just be a thing where like. People are unbalanced because it's 2007 and Helmuth wants a fold, so he's playing it like he wants a fold. Yeah,
0: no, that, I, I'm sure that's what's going on, but I'm just trying to think of it from the other side. If you're Mike Mattis, out trying to figure out what's going on. It's a little easy when you have two kings, but let's pretend he did have ace-jack for a second. Ace-jack suited. It's like, what is he, like, if we were trying to consider, like, should we call this? Like, we have an easy call with two kings, right? But with this, if we have a, a mar, more marginal hand, like, what in the world is he betting 17,000 with? Unless it's the, I got to make up for lost value because it went check, check on the flop and I have a set of queens. Yeah. But how do I get value when I, when I blow someone off their hand?
1: Yeah, it seems like a bit of a fishy sizing here. Yeah. For sure. Now, yeah. if it was Federer Holtz in 2018, I would be unable to determine what it meant. Right. Because it could be anything. Yes. But at this time, when everybody
0: was so transparent with what they were doing, it's a little bit more obvious. I mean, I know we'd say this once every six months, but... Let's just go to 2007 and get in this game, man. Yeah, I know. Come on. This is crazy. Anyway, go ahead. All right. So
1: now uh, Gabe Kaplan, who I love. I think he was a great poker announcer yep. and was a lot of fun and got a lot of things right. He says something I strongly disagree with. He said, Mike has to raise now when when Phil, Phil bet 17 into 15 one on this board. So okay. this is a Queen Jack 6-8 board. Yeah. Mike has two kings. Yeah. Mike has to raise now. <laughs>
0: All right. So here's what Gabe Kaplan's thinking. Okay. Mike has to find out where he is. Yes. Right? Because that's the only reason you'd ever raise here. By the way, I don't know if you would find out where you were. No. but But that would be that would be what's going on. Yeah. Which is, of course, absurd, and no one does that anymore.
1: I mean, he's product of his era as well. It's not Gabe's fault necessarily. A lot of people might have thought
0: that at that time. I, I don't remember... Uh, what I would have thought at that time—it's been so long, you know, 2007. Maybe I thought so too. I don't know.
1: I wasn't even really playing poker yet in 2007. Yeah, I
0: was, I was. I just can't remember anymore. It's been too long. It's possible I would have raised or thought thought that was correct back then too. You know, we were so we were so primitive.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, maybe we'll be saying that in 10 years. About now, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's hard oh, to I think know. so.
0: No, I think so. I'm sure there'll be lots of things where we're like, oh my god. Yeah. And we may even come all the way around on this kind of stuff. It's like you have to raise an overpair here because you're raising all your draws, and you're raising all this, and you have to be balanced, and we're not balanced enough. And now we know exactly how balanced you have to be. And yeah. it's still a little more murky, a lot of that stuff on each board. But maybe by then, we're really going to know exactly what the perfect raising ranges are and stuff like that for everything against every type of opponent.
1: Well, in 2018, it sounds ridiculous for a 2007
0: <laughs> person to yeah. say you have to raise here. No question. And I, I will say, having said all that, I'd be shocked if even 10 years from now we think, oh, yeah, that's a clear raise. Yeah. Except against very particular opponents. It yeah. seems like that's not a raise at all having a drink of water over here. Yeah, it's, so, I hope
1: you enjoy it. I was expecting that you would keep talking, probably because you saw me drinking the water. <laughs> you know but what instead, I mean. you just kind of stood, <laughs> stared at me silently while no, I drank the water.
0: I, I wasn't. I sort of was just talking about that. The It's not a raise at all. I closed my eyes. <laughs> so I just sort of thought you were going to talk because I was just taking a moment for myself. Okay. So good. we both took like a personal moment in the middle of the podcast at the same good time. Good podcasting. Good <laughs> podcasting. You got to have time for yourself, though. Me time, you know? That's vital in a relationship, too, Grant. It's not usually during a podcast that you have me time. Well, well, maybe for you, it isn't. For this guy over here, you got to take it when it's when it's ready to take it. You know, you take it when it's ready. <laughs> you take it when it's ready? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. When it, when it shows up, you take it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. So, <laughs> we clearly don't agree with Kaplan that Mattisau should race here. Yeah. But I think we can both agree that he can't fold yet. It would be absurd
0: to fold. But I honestly think as Mattisau, if we... If we know Helmuth as well as we do, like, Mattisau is really good friends with Helmuth. He plays with them all the time. Yeah. I would guess that alarm bells are already going off. He's like, uh-oh, this is bad. This is bad. Because Helmuth is taking a highly polarized line, even though we checked the flop by betting this much on the turn. If he bets a normal amount, we can think, oh, I don't know how, but he can have lots of weird stuff now. And maybe he's got me beat. Maybe he doesn't. Now it's like, well, I can't. what can I beat? Now I'm worried. What can I beat? Seven
1: deuce. Right, and maybe Helmuth will play Ace King like this sometimes. Once Madison checks back the flop, he's like, "I got to fold out Ace Jack. I got to fold out two times.
0: Is it possible? Maybe we could start to say to ourselves, "If Helmuth bet a normal amount, Helmuth maybe somehow three bet with Ace Queen and now and checked it once and is betting a normal amount." Seems I mean, pretty unlikely. I agree, but like seventeen K, it's like, ooh, well I can't fold, but I hate it. I really hope he checks the river. Yeah. Well, you mean I- the turn? Because oh, we're yeah, on the, the turn. Yeah, we're on the turn. You're right. Yeah. The river. Hope he checks the river or a king. A king coming on the river would be okay too. Just yeah. Between us. It would. It would be good. Yeah. I think we would be happy if a king came on the river. I will say this is a line so far, and we'll see what Helmi throws on the river. This is a line so far that some like. It, it, this is a stereotypical thing or a stereotyping thing I'm going to say, but that's okay. Like old guys sometimes do at the poker table, like the old tight guys. You yeah. know what I mean? Where they like. Flop a set, flop top set, and they check the flop because they don't want to scare you off. And then they bet huge on the turn and the river to get value. Yeah, because they have got a big hand, so they always bet huge, and that's that. And no, they just have it, you know. And the, the, like Helmuth is sort of taking that the old guy, the old tight guy line. Yeah, but he's clearly
1: yeah he's clearly a more thinking player than that type of player no you're outlining no yeah.
0: question no but i'm saying from madison's point of view yes. he may be seeing that in like some particular antenna going off which are sort of giving him slightly right because he's signals. seen that
1: before from different types of players but yeah. just because it's phil Helmuth doesn't mean
0: he's not doing the same thing right that said he knows phil Helmuth really well i've been saying this whole time so he should understand how often phil Helmuth is doing this for value and not anyway anyway mike
1: does call i think that's probably the only choice you can make here yeah so so far, I think Mike's decisions have been
0: on point. Yep, 100%. Like everything he's doing. We're going to find out mathematically
1: on the river if he makes the right decision. Well, I hope so. It's going to be fun. I like mathematics. Do you? Yeah. I always kind of didn't like math. Really? Yeah, like in school and stuff. I was good at geometry. That was pretty fun. That's that's math. Yeah. So what are you saying? I didn't really like algebra. But algebra is the best. No, geometry is the best. Proofs well, you- for life. <laughs>
0: You know what's cool is the protractor. It's pointy, though. Yeah, you can really hurt yourself. You can definitely hurt yourself or, with a protractor. Or a fellow student. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know how much lunch money I got with that thing? Wow. You were a protractor bully? I
1: sure was. You're I mean, like, I'm going to solve this differential <laughs> equation, but first, give me your lunch money. <laughs> you
0: damn kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, we say I was a protractor bully, but I mean, like, you know, recently I was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I am but I also was. Okay. I've been a protractor, but I continue to be one. You never really, it's like being an alcoholic. You're always recovering, you know?
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Let's do information about you. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. A lot of people didn't know. I've been keeping that one, but I feel like it's time to open my kimono a little bit for the audience. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Open my kimono. Don't do that. (laughs)
0: Please do not. Please do not do that. What a delight it is to do this podcast. We should get poker guys kimonos. You know what? I'm in. I'm, I really want to do that. You know, I will say this, The Win has got the greatest bathrobe in the world.
1: That's true. It's it not is, a kimono.
0: It's not a kimono, but it's sort of like one a little bit. It is crazy crazy comfortable. It costs $150 if you want to, if you want to buy one and another $20 to ship it to you. And Jonathan has looked into this obviously. I really considered buying it multiple times. I'm like, can I really justify $170 for a robe? It's so ridiculous, but I almost bought it multiple times because it's it's delightful. So if we had Poker Guys kimonos, I'd want them to be of that same material. That's what. No, I'm- kimonos are made of silk, man. That's not how you do it. Well, I want it to be like the rope. <laughs> <laughs> so you want Poker Guys robes. You just want robes. <laughs> yeah, that too. Can we get both? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I love this merch thing. Have a
1: field day, man. Kimonos and robes for everybody. <laughs> um, speaking of a field day, I don't really know where I'm going with that. But a place where you can avoid seeing Jonathan open his kimono to you <laughs> and avoid him stabbing you with a protractor because it's all digital, all online, You're safe is nitrogen sports poker room where you can still play poker with Jonathan and with me, but there's no like fear of any physical threats or, or
0: kimono opening. It's great. I mean, that's pretty great for most of you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Our, um, our next term, I believe, is April 1st. Yeah. I don't think that's happened yet. We' well, no. recording this it hasn't anyway, but I'm not sure by the time this is being if it's not too. April first, it's the end of the next month yeah um, it's but it's the end or beginning of every month it's that Sunday and uh, it's super low buy-in. Uh, it's one tenth of a millibit which as of right now is like 80 cents or something like that and uh, huge overlay 100 millibits which is like 800 bucks right now we do not get a thousand entries or even close to it so it's like free money. And you get to play poker to get the free money. How fun is that?
1: Yeah, you got to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up or else you won't even be able to see that tournament. Nitrogen has a lot of other good stuff going on. It is a Bitcoin-only poker site. And the way it holds your money is just a Bitcoin wallet. It's nothing that they have created for themselves or anything internal. It's a Bitcoin wallet, which means that when you withdraw your money, it comes to you at the speed of Bitcoin. Right. Like 20 minutes, sometimes less.
0: Which is, as hopefully most of you know by now, um, really different than every other poker room basically in the world, yeah. where it takes days, sometimes even even weeks. to get
1: even to get Bitcoin. Yeah,
0: because, that's right. Because takes, they they do right. internal processing
1: and stuff like that. Yeah, and like
0: we certainly ha- have other sites that we have transacted with where they they pay out in Bitcoin, and it takes. Yeah, it takes sometimes three to five days to get it instead of 20 minutes. Yeah. Which is really sucks. A great
1: feature of Nitrogen. Of course, when you're on there, there's the nice poker room, which the software is great, and you don't have to download anything. It's just in your browser. There's also a casino and sports book. They have a ton of sports betting you can do if you want to.
0: Yeah. It's just good stuff. It's great stuff.
1: Yeah. They just had a big March Madness thing. Any big event, you know, check out Nitrogen for all your sports betting needs. That's there what I got to say to you.
0: Yeah. Smooth software. Get in there, get you some poker, all the things. Use the link in the description. Close the kimono sign up.
1: at Nitrogen Sports Poker Room.
0: <laughs> Look inside and see it all. <laughs> <laughs> Nitrogen is probably really happy about that one. Well, um, you know, it's they've been sponsoring us for a long time. Somehow they
1: continue to sponsor this podcast, despite Jonathan <laughs> you and his ways. They must
0: not listen to all the ads, just some <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah, that must be what's going on.
1: Anyway... We got a uh, situation here. <laughs> Whoa! I did it twice. Yeah, you did. Yeah, um, we got we, you, the whole thing has just got me all wrapped up in kimono level I thought. I know. Um, it's very so, exciting. Forty nine thousand one hundred dollars in the pot now, and the river is another six. Pairing the board, we got queen, jack, six, rainbow, six on the or eight on the turn, and then a six of spades on the river. Pairing the board, which should be good for Mike in general, but it's not really. because It doesn't
0: change anything. It doesn't
1: actually change anything because Helmuth doesn't have Queen-Jack in his range.
0: The only thing we're happy to avoid is the 10 and the Ace, and we block Ace-King to some degree anyway.
1: So it's good that we avoid those things. Yeah. But... As in a traditional situation where this might help an overpair, like if Helmuth had just called out of the big blind, this would be a great card. Yeah. Usually unless Helmuth made trips, but usually he doesn't bet 17k on the turn with just a six. Almost never. Uh, So we'd be worried about Queen Jack, but now we don't have to worry about that. But that's not the case here because of the three pet nature of the pot. Yeah. Um, So Helmuth decides he's going to go for it. He's going to try to win that $4,000 and he's going to risk a lot of money to do it. He's going to bet $40,000 into 49 with seven high. This is the 7-deuce game at its apex. This exactly. is what's supposed
0: to happen. It's kind of beautiful Yeah, in some it really ways. is. I mean, look, I give Phil a lot of credit for deciding to, like, if he's going to 3-bet it pre, and I don't mind the check on the flop because I think he probably really is checking all his strong hands there anyway, but deciding to, like, really go for it on the turn and river, I think it's pretty cool. I don't entirely buy the sizing on the turn, but the river sizing, I do. Especially yeah. after you've been called on the turn. I do buy it.
1: I do as well. Okay, so... In order to make this decision as Mike, which is not an easy, obvious decision. No. I think a lot of players in 2007 might say it's the easiest call ever, but that's not the case here. No. Um, I I want to use a tool that they didn't have then, which is combinatorics. We're going to talk about this hand combinatorially, and what I want to do is be liberal with them in, in saying, like, give him all the combos of everything that he could have as played, and then we can narrow it down from there. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So... The hands that we are losing to as Mattisau. First question, would Helmuth play aces
0: this way? That is a really, really good question. I don't believe so. But I don't know if as Mattisau we can completely say no to that either. But it's hard to imagine that Phil would bet so much on the turn and so much on the river with aces with one pair. Do you agree? I think I agree. I also don't know if he would check aces on the flop. I don't know. He might. He might sometimes check because the Queens and the Jacks hit yeah, matter so it's at least possible plausibly he check on the flop. I don't know if he'd bet seventeen K on the turn. I don't know if he bet forty K on the river. It's possible though that he would take this. Let's line give aces. him
1: aces for now and yeah, good. Be,
0: and be liberal about I it like because it. otherwise I, it's too easy.
1: Yeah, otherwise it's too easy. So I think
0: let's give him aces.
1: The reason I can give him aces is because maybe he's afraid of the sets on the flop, potentially. On the turn, he feels safe because Matasau didn't bet, and he, he bets big because he wants value from whatever Matisau has Yeah, because he thinks aces is always the best hand, and then he sees another data point that makes him think Matasau doesn't have a set, which is Matasau just calling. Right. He expects Matasau to raise on the turn with a now set. it's
0: like you have ace-queen or ace-jack. For jack, some reason or another, right.
1: um, yeah. yeah. And then the six comes on the river, so just in case Madisau decided to play queen-jack this way, he feels extra safe now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for that reason, we'll give him all six combos of aces. Fine. Let's all do right. it. And then... The other hands that we really don't want to see are sets of queens and sets of jacks. Correct. So 12 total combos. Yep. The hands we do want to see are seven deuce. Right. Which is 16 combos already. And oh. we're obviously getting a good enough
0: price to call. But however, let's hold on. It's not as simple as that. No, of course not. And here's the main reason why. You have, as, as Matt said, we have to ask ourselves, would Helmuth actually check seven deuce on the flop? Right. We know he would because we've seen it. But in the moment... I don't know if we can give him all 16 combos of seven deuce. You think he... I would believe he's often going to take a shot on that flop with seven deuce because it's seven high. He's just going to check fold? He's like, what's, what's he do? Like, seems like that he would probably take a shot. It does feel like he would be betting seven deuce. Now, Helmuth is... I guess I got to give Helmuth a lot of credit if, if what I'm about to say is true. If he just knows I'm never betting my value, so I'm never betting my seven deuce either because I just won't, I don't. If I'm not betting value, it's crazy to bet a bluff... Or more to what you were saying earlier, maybe he's just giving up because Matasau called. Yeah. Um, So those would be two really different things, actually. But if it's the first one, I give him a lot of credit for that. I agree. If it's that. But I don't know if I can actually give him that credit, I guess.
1: I agree. But I think as Matasau, when making these calculations, we would have to say if he doesn't have seven deuces, he probably doesn't have aces either.
0: Okay. He's probably like checking aces on the flop if he's checking seven deuces on the flop. And we would assume he has some seven deuces, right? But not all of them. I think it's really reasonable to say he'd bet at least half his seven deuces on the flop, right? Yeah. And then maybe we can get rid of the aces. So then we're down to, what, eight and six? Yeah. Now, here's another question I have. Is it possible Helmuth has ace-king?
1: I, yeah, I was going to ask that question. I think it might be. I think it's possible. I think it might be. He's, like, essentially turning his hand into a bluff on the turn, and Mattisau right. calls. Helmuth's putting him on a one-pair hand and thinks
0: he can get him to fold with a big bet on the river. Well, I mean, Mattisau never, ever has a draw on the turn. No, never. And almost never has a one-pair. Uh, sorry, almost never has better than one pair on the turn. Right. So by the way, I like that Helmuth is targeting a one pair range, which yeah. is clearly what he's doing on the river, right? And this is a hard hard bet for one pair to call. Yes, it is. So that's that's pretty sweet. So I think Ace King I think Ace King can show up here. And I think Helmuth might play Ace King just like this sometimes. Not all of them, but but some of the combos of Ace King like this.
1: Alright, so even if, if we give Helmuth zero seven deuces, yeah. there's still eight Ace Kings. Right. And then We're giving him zero aces also, right? If we're giving him zero seven deuces. Sure. So eight ace kings and six sets.
0: And if we want to be, we could give him the aces, but then we got to, I think we have to give him some seven deuces. Maybe not all of them. Maybe it's four more, four of them, a quarter of them, or a half of them or something like that. But whatever it is, it looks like we have more bluffs than value, almost no matter how we work this out, right?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, like, we don't even need to do the price then, but the price is good enough that Manasso has to call.
0: Right. By the way, Mike is getting, of course, like, Better than two to one. To yeah, call. better than two to one. So he doesn't have to be right very often, anyway.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, the price isn't good enough for Mike because he is terrified of the money. Right. Yeah, the price is forty thousand dollars. It's not a ratio of the pot. The price is forty thousand dollars. You know, that's a different yeah. thing to Mike Mattisow. Yeah. Which is not a good way to be playing poker, obviously. Correct. The thing is, this it's like it's not even Mike's money. Probably no, probably not.
0: But still, he wants to. You know. Yeah. Also, you know, it's possible that the whole TV thing gets to him in the wrong way. Like a lot of people don't want to be bluffed on TV. Madison probably doesn't want to make the quote wrong play. Like Helmuth doesn't want to make the wrong play. Yeah. By the way, I mean, neither do I. (laughs) Most people don't. I never want to make the wrong play. Right. But I mean make the wrong play on TV specifically. Like some people are more afraid to look stupid than others. Although honestly, folding kings is like the like, I'm less afraid to look stupid play, right? Because like calling is like people would be like, I understand. I
1: think Okay, so Madisau folds. Right. I think you can justify this if the Seven Deuce game isn't on. I think you can yes. say, like, I just don't think Helmuth is going to play his king this way. I right. just don't he's, think he's going to do it.
0: He's probably going to bluff it on the flop, and he might, he's often going to give up on the river after he's bet 17k. He's probably not going to bet 17k on the turn with it, but he's often going to give up on the river anyway, blah, blah, blah. If
1: we're, if we're going to be super conservative about it, we can say, okay, Helmuth has one bluff as played, and that's ace-king of diamonds because a diamond turned. Okay. So it would be two diamonds on the
0: turn, so we would have the combo draw. Right, and then he decides to go for it on the river. Yeah, play. and then, Fine.
1: yeah, they're like, okay, he has one bluff, but he has all the sets still.
0: Right, and like, then we can fold because yeah, we're not we, getting the right. Yeah,
1: price. then we can fold if we're being hyper conservative about it. And even, but even if we're doing that, the seven deuce game is still on, and we can't possibly say Helmuth would never play seven deuce like this because the seven deuce game is on. Right, people are going to do funky stuff. Right, we got to give them at least like three or four combos at minimum.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Which gives us the right price.
0: Right. I mean, Mike starts saying... Cause Helmuth, of course, has to show the seven dues to get paid, so everyone freaks out. And by the way, Helmuth
1: very humbly collects his winnings, as you would expect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what does he say? Do you remember? Uh,
1: it's something like, we're playing real the real game now, yeah. boys. Yeah, then, sure.
0: I was thinking he said boys in there. Like
1: yeah, that. and then the guy who was there just to troll Helmuth. I don't remember that That's guy's right. name. Brendan something or other.
0: Yeah, some or other. He's yeah, like, you got respect now, Phil. You got
1: respect now, Phil. You finally got it. And he's like, and is like, oh, I didn't get respect from being the best no-limit holding player in the <laughs> world for the last 20
0: years. And that guy says, well, you just lost it again, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is pretty great.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think this is just a call for Mike. I mean, Helmuth chose his target well because he knows Mike is money scared.
0: Yes, that's right. I mean, Mike is probably sitting there thinking like, Blah 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 combos combos combos. I just don't think Phil's bluffing.
1: He doesn't think combos combos combos. Of Nobody was he thinking doesn't. about combos in two
0: thousand seven, right? But okay, but fine. But like he's th- but I think he is thinking like Phil can't have Ace King. Yes, because he says that's the one thing I was worried about. That's the one thing I was thinking about. He yeah. never brings up Ace King. He's right. like, you know, he's like, he's like it's seven dudes or he's got me. Yeah. And so by the way, if we can eliminate Ace King, which we said maybe there's only one combo of, anyway, yeah, like it's, it, that's reasonable. Um, then. And we can eliminate... I don't know. The thing is, even if we say there's only a quarter of the seven deuces, there's four seven deuces and there's... Six sets. Six of the set we still are supposed to call.
1: Yeah. And even so, we can't probably give him all the sets of jacks. He probably is not three betting jacks every time. Right.
0: And by the way, is he really always checking Yeah, a, yeah Yeah. So we can't give him all the combos of the sets anyway. Right. So everything gets knocked down. Yeah. Like, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna say, oh, maybe he plays half a sets like this or something, and he bets half of them. Well, then maybe he's playing half a seven deuces like this yeah. too, and we can give everyone all the combos again, and it's a clear call. Yeah, it is. But this is, but in fairness to Mike, no one was breaking stuff down like this, at least not openly. Maybe the no. the most elite players in the world, maybe the Phil Galfons of the world, were already doing this kind of stuff. Like,
1: what percentage of players actually knew that there were sixteen combos of each unpaired hand at in two thousand seven? I mean.
0: I, I don't know because I certainly had no sense of it and no one I knew was ever talking about yeah. it. And I was like very involved in like poker forums and stuff like that. That was just not coming up. I'm sure there were the, the, you know, the most elite players had good senses of all that stuff.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: But there just were there just wasn't too much of that yet, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So like I can't blame Mike for not being able to figure that out. It's just sort of like, well, does he have it or doesn't he? Right? That's the yeah. question. He's like, it's Phil Hummeth. He usually has it. Yep. Which, as a, which, honestly, is probably a reasonable way to do it back then, if that's all you have. Yeah. Then, you, then a fold is reasonable. But now that we can look back and apply better mathematics to this whole thing, actual mathematics to this whole thing, it's clearly not a reasonable fold. It's a clear call, even though you're going to lose some of the time. Right.
1: I think it is a reasonable fold if the 7 deuce game is not on, though. Yeah. Unfortunately for Mike, it was, and everybody knew about it, and that's all they were talking about. Yeah. And uh, Antonio's Fondiari's reaction is pretty
0: fun. Yeah. yeah. I believe he's like, how can you fold kings? <laughs> By yeah. the way, when Helmut three bets pre-flop, as soon as he does it, Antonio's, and then Mike starts going to the tank. Now, Mike is never folding. Yeah. But Antonio's like, this is great because it could be seven deuces or aces. Yeah. And of course, it is seven deuces. Yeah. It's really fun. It is fun.
1: And that's just a fun hand between two villains of poker. Sure. You know what?
0: Yeah. In fact, when we made our poker's biggest villains, they both made the top five, right? Yeah. yeah, they did. Bat us out barely. Barely. Yeah. Tony G was a little higher up, though, right? Tony G was number one, I'm sure. Mattisow
1: feels more like a charity case than a villain at this point. Yeah.
0: Know? I mean, you call them detestable, so I don't yeah. know. I guess you think he's a villain.
1: I, I think as a human, he is. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's different. Yeah. That's very it is different. different. There's lots of detestable poker players Oh, for sure. For all sorts of reasons. A yeah. lot of them are scummy and steal from you, and you can't trust them.
1: Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, like Jonathan.
0: I, I'm not going to steal from you, but I will. If I, there's a protractor nearby, you better keep your money close. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. <laughs> that's not stealing. That's that's like taking.
1: Due to that threat, I'm going to order the kimonos. You're going to get one, mm. but mine's coming first and you'll have to wait. Well, I'll
0: have to wait until I get my trusty little you know, <laughs> protractor and come on over. You'll okay. hear a little knock on the door and you'll be like, you'll open it and you'll be like, I'll wear your kimono. And I'll be like, hey, what are you doing wearing my kimono? And you'll be like, what
1: do you mean? But it's it will fine. be specifically tailored for me. It won't fit you well. <laughs> like,
0: I'll figure it out. <laughs> Give me that thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we're about done. my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. not gonna show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them
0: so tied I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the crown and going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make